some degree of fruition later in this month and that is the bridge across the Atlantic that uh, invisible bridge that is always there from Newfoundland to the west coast of Ireland and it has gone from Newfoundland to Kerry with the cable uh, but this time it's going from Newfoundland to, to Galway and to Mayo and I'm sitting in studio with Thomas Shepherd and Stephanie Evans and Caitlin Grandy, and they're all going to be flying across the Atlantic Ocean, landing in Dublin, spending a few days there, and then heading to Galway, and it is for the Ravencaster project, and I know nothing about it, and I always look on it, when I do something like this, I'm representing the listener, who knows nothing, so (laughs) Thomas, Stephanie, and Caitlin, thanks a million for taking the time and coming along. And you guys are in Newfoundland, so wonderful to have you here. It's a pleasure to be here. Thomas, do you want to start off by giving us a little bit of an overview of what this is about and who you guys are? Okay, well, I'll start back in 2018. Uh, I was a teacher, tech teacher at Frank Roberts Junior High in Conception Bay South, Newfoundland, Labrador, Canada. We did a project. Uh, basically, the girls, um, Stephanie and Caitlin, did uh, a led a project for their class uh, and they created a video for a video contest with the um, Marine Institute in St. John's who uh, put off a prize for the winner to uh, launch a mini boat into the Atlantic. So they won and they got a field trip down to the Marine Institute at the time. And Marine Institute in St. John's arranged to have Marsk uh, uh, Supply Services launch the boat into the Grand Banks on in November of 2018. It spent about three months at sea, and it landed in Ackle Island, Ireland, in February of 2019 and on a beach called Ducanella Beach. 
So uh, it was a lot of excitement. We had some interviews. We had some news coverage, that kind of stuff. And we all always said it was great to go back and, and, and relaunch that boat from Ireland and go visit the people who found it and that kind of thing because of all the connections with Newfoundland and Labrador and Canada with Ireland is so strong and so special. Um, but it, it kind of like waned for a while. And then uh, what happened was uh, the Ackle Experience, which is their aquarium and visitor center in Ackle Island, had the boat on display at their center, and they posted a picture in, in sorry in January 2022, and it kind of like snowballed from there. The, it reignited the interest in the project, and it kind of like just took off. And then, so where did that? Well, the one thing that struck me there was when you say you wanted to relaunch. Uh, you don't actually mean the Ravencaster. You just wanted to relaunch the project. The reason I said that is because the prevailing currents and everything will bring it from the Grand Banks to Ireland, but won't bring it back. Exactly. But we are relaunching the mini boat. Okay. Um, and when, um, and what's, when, when you relaunch, what's the, um, the path that you, you are hoping it will take? Well, that's really where the communication and collaboration with the, the students, the Irish team at the school in Ackle Island, they've taken on this prod, relaunch project. And we have worked with them to try and fix the boat, repair, refit. And we have, when we go over in August, at the, at the end of August, we will be meeting with them and talking about that very subject, how, where to relaunch it. Now, when I look at the Ravencaster, it looks a little bit like a sunfish or <laughs> a laser. It's a shape like that. I don't know, Stephanie, do you want to talk a little bit about the boat itself? Well, the boat itself, I believe, is six feet long. Um, it's unmanned, obviously. has the sail on it, has the cargo hold, which you, at the time we put, like, letters and such inside. Um I think that's really, it's a pretty simple design, but with the stuff that we're hoping to add, uh, it'll measure a lot more of um, like scientific stuff. Instead of just like launching the boat and tracking it with uh, GPS, it's more like, oh, we get to see how uh, the pitch of the boat, which is like how it's like um, where it is in the water, uh, the temperature, we have air temperature and water temperature. Uh, there's a camera, which you can take just pictures of whatever on. Um, I think, I believe it's maybe a enhanced cargo hold, which just should be like bigger. And I think was pretty much it for the boat. So, are, is it uh, fiberglass or what material is the boat made from? It, I think it's fiberglass. Okay. Because it's just like a boat, just a little boat. Yeah, no, because you're going across the Atlantic from the Grand Banks to the west coast of Ireland is not plain sailing in any respect. And no. a small craft could easily find itself um, upturned. Or um, So the design that you guys came up with was obviously taking those kind of details into account. Well, I'll just step in here. Uh, Educational Passages is a not-for-profit organization down in New Hampshire area, and Cassie Stimus is the director, executive director of the, the program, and they run the mini boat program. So they actually have a mini boat in a kit 
right? The, the students will build it. Now, back in 2018, it wasn't something that we built. It was a kit that was assembled at Marine Institute, and we got into, you know, put stickers on it, put the messages in it, and learn more about, like, ocean climate and environment currents and that kind of thing. And nowadays, you can, you know, people can purchase the mini boat. Educational institutions can purchase it and sail it. Uh, but it can have the students actually build it. And it's, it's really fascinating. And the students in Ackle Island, they are actually working on the repair and the refit of the boat. And they have to put the sensor package in it, which is the sensors that, that Stephanie mentioned and the camera on it. They have to test it. They have to check for buoyancy, balance, all these lovely things and make sure it's seaworthy. So they have the, the bulk of the hands-on work now to do the re- the repairs and everything for the Ravencaster to make it seaworthy. From um, my own time, when I used to be in the satellite industry, uh, I was very familiar with the limitations that exist when you go out on water and the size of your craft. And I would think one of your bigger challenges must be um, how to incorporate a battery that is going to give you enough power to drive the technology that you're looking at driving and also then managing to put the equipment on board. So I imagine that was part of the major part of the challenge. Well, the, the kit that we buy from uh, Educational Passages, they're, uh, they, they, everything's powered by a solar panel. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has to be tested out before they can they launch it. Right. But it was it was really interesting for everybody to learn uh, with this project to learn more about you know the 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 Atlantic and there were some challenging times when we first when it was first launched and I think Caitlin can mention a few things about that but it it it, it wasn't easy as you know <laughs> to sail across the North Atlantic and we didn't know where it was going we really had to track it and that was part of the fun of for students learning about those prevailing currents and winds and how it's going to fare in the storm. So, Caitlin, do you want to come in here and talk a little bit about that? Uh, Sure. So there was, I believe when it was first launched, there were like the greatest, biggest waves um, in history off the Grand Banks. I believe that's where it was. So our boat obviously went through that, first of all. And then I believe it was either those waves or the first storm that put it into the North Atlantic drift. So that kind of like sent it, I guess, straight across the Atlantic. And then it encountered a second storm, which happened closer to when it was found. And that kind of, I guess, pushed it out of the North Atlantic drift and up towards um, Ackle Island. Because mm-hmm. the North Atlantic drift would have been inclined to have brought it in down to the southwest, down in County Carrier, Cork area. Um, it was also a point at where we thought we had lost the boat. And we lost contact that, with it for a couple of days. And I presume battery recharge successfully reconnected you guys. Yeah. Well, I think I think what it was is that we hit a storm. And I, I think uh, Joe Singleton from the Marine Institute at the School of Ocean Technology, he contacted me and said, oh, I think the boat's gone. I think we've lost it in a storm. And miraculously, about a day or so later, it popped up on the GPS again. And I, we, what we're we're thinking, an educated guess is that it must have um, flipped in the storm, and when it must have somehow righted itself. Yeah. I'm when I look at the route that is tracked, um, yeah, I would kind of say, well, that really doesn't look like the North Atlantic drift, um, because of 
where it took the northerly turn, uh, what, probably about a thousand kilometres west of Ireland and then seemed to settle into a due west uh, course before hitting the currents right at Ireland. So uh, all these things, it's a bit like, I guess, with the jet stream and a variety of other things. This type of research is invaluable in showing tide patterns, current patterns, and all other things like that. And how they're changing with the climate change, right? So we're we're noticing, like, the data from mini boats from over the years can be used to track, well, you know, when when we when it was launched, when boats are launching in the Atlantic, and they track the path, like sometimes, like if we went and turned around and, and took the Ravencaster and launched it again in Grand, Grand Banks, there's no guarantee it's going to take the same path because, uh, yes, it is controlled by the prevailing winds and the current, um, and it goes into the North Atlantic Drift, and it should head over to Europe. But it was several storms that can happen that can knock it out of the, the Gulf Stream and the North Atlantic Drift. And what happened was when it approached Ireland, and I think, uh, Caitlin, we, we discussed this, like what happened for it to drive it north and land on the west of Ireland. If you remember, there was a, another storm, and that was Storm Eric. So you're seeing in that on the south of uh, coast of Ireland, it's going. This looks like it's going to bypass Ireland. Yes. And all of a sudden, it shoots north, and that was Storm Eric. Right. That hit right. that area at the time and drove it north. When you mentioned the Gulf Stream, the North Atlantic Drift, I remember reading in the last few days that the Atlantic has uh, warmed up to such an extent that the Gulf Stream effectively will be at the same temperature as the water and the impact of it, will, the benefit will not be there. Um, let's talk about what's happened. Well, first of all, the name. Does that, that doesn't, where, where's the name come from? That was Caitlin's idea um, back in grade eight. It was, Raven was the school mascot uh, for um, Frank Roberts, which was our um, middle school. Um, K-A is for Caitlin, S-T is for Stephanie, and E-R is for Eric, who was our videographer for the video. Uh, powerfully creative, wonderful. Um, so uh, then, um, that, that's where your, the name comes from. Then when it came to others and, and this being a competition, um, who were you competing with? I don't know if we, like, knew. It was more just, like, it was just a competition where you just submit a video. Like, it was almost like a silent auction type thing. I think it was just other schools and groups from schools in the area. Right. And would it have been a case that your geographic location being that you could get out to the Grand Banks give you you a geographic advantage? Yes, that that was definite. And the fact that it's uh, the Marine Institute of St. John's, which covers like the Newfoundland and Labrador, um, they are the ones who put the thing out, uh, the the outreach program, part of their outreach program, put a video contest off. And they, like, it was opened up to the whole province of Newfoundland and Labrador. It just so happened that the, Stephanie and Caitlin did a wonderful job on the research and, about o- how ocean climate affects um, the, you know, the environment. So you get to Ireland. What's going to happen when you get there? 
aside from having a wonderful time. So <laughs> you land in Dublin, you have a few days in Dublin. So what do you get to see when you get there? Uh, do I don't you, know. If you, do you want me to talk about that, Stephanie and Caitlin, or do, would you, you like to? I don't remember what's in Dublin. I remember, I remember looking at the itinerary and saying, when do I sleep? So I think we need to talk about it. So you're obviously going to Temple uh, Bar, but with what? <laughs> well, I know there's three get... main events, but okay. <laughs> you probably you probably are going down along the north uh, uh, wall towards the Jeannie Johnson, I would imagine, and probably the Epic Museum because that's the Immigration Museum. Um, and the history and the connection between the countries will be there. But yeah, there's, it's such, uh, there's such a rich amount of items to see and do that, yeah, you don't sleep. You sleep it's, while it, you're, you sleep <laughs> while you're traveling between one and the other. Yeah. It, it, it's incredible, really, uh, because we only have a few days in Dublin because we're spending the majority of time over in Galway and Ackle Island. And when we're in Dublin, we're actually going to do a tour of X Ocean, which is an Irish company that uses, uh, I think they call them uncrewed surface vessels to survey the ocean and mm-hmm. gather the data about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been, that's really fascinating, ties really well into our project. So they're in uh, Rothcore, I think. And it's a pronunciation. I'm not sure if I'm getting it right. It's probably Rothgar. Rascar, yeah. And they were going up to see their their facilities, hoping yeah. to see some of those drones and learn more about the technology because it mimics kind of like what we're doing because we're putting sensors on our boat right. to, you know, gather the, the data as well, which we want students to work with when uh, in the fall when, when it ever gets relaunched. So, and, then, and then you had to go away. And then we had to Galway. We did a few things like your typical touristy things in Dublin as well. And one of the things we wanted to do was there's such a strong tie between Newfoundland and Ireland that we wanted to, to experience part of the culture and the historical connections as well. And we head over to Galway. And on the 26th, we're, we have an event at the Galway Atlantiquaria. A lovely lady over there by the name of Noreen Burke. She's, uh, I think she's the director of education programs for the, the, the uh, Galway Land Aquaria. Anyway, she's put off, she's putting off a event at a Saturday 26th at 6 p.m. at the Galway Land Aquaria. This, the Irish team, I call them the Irish team, the Ravencaster Irish team from the school in Ackle Island. They are coming down. The students are coming down who are part of that project and they're, we're going to meet them for the first time at the aquarium. So they're coming down. They're going to be part of the, the event. It's going to be from six, I think, to eight or so whenever the, the uh, aquarium closes. And some people from the Marine Institute, from uh, some of the uh, marine um, ocean industry people are, 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 have been invited to attend as well. But also, if anybody's interested, there you can um, come and, and meet us while, when we're there. So how many days do you get to spend in Galway? I think it's four. Excellent, because I like I have a soft spot. I'm Gal- I claim Galway, not city. I'm I'm from Galway County, so uh, that's home. <laughs> awesome. We are also planning to do a uh, a tour of Marine Institute facilities. I'm hoping right. uh, still in the works, and we're hoping to do on that Monday to do a uh, Galway 
boat tour. So maybe out uh, maybe out the Ackle Islands. Uh, I think, and we go to Ackle Island after Galway. Okay. And no, well, you guys are in uh, the Aran Islands. Sorry, the Aran, You might get out yeah, the Aran, Aran Islands. Island. Yeah. yeah, and then so and then we're you, doing. You, then you're going up to Ackle. Yes, yeah, so we're going up to Ackle after Galway, and uh, we actually on the 31st we will be at the school in Ireland in Ackle Island, and we will be like going to the school. We'll uh, they're arranging like the the actual school visit thing. Um, the ambassador for the Embassy of Ireland in Canada, a uh, great, great man, um, Eamon McKee. He's been a great supporter of our project, and he's actually going to be planning to be there. And uh, after the visit to the school, we're heading over to the Ackle Island Hotel for a reception at um, probably around 11 o'clock. And um, it's just about meeting everybody, talking about the project, and we do have some further planning to do as well with our partners. The other thing is, and this is a really interesting part about this project, and, and it's all about connecting with people and inspiring students and to learn more about ocean industry and, and ocean science and that kind of thing. But the fisherman who found our boat back in 2019, his name is Darren Kilbane. His daughter is actually on the team at the Ackle School, who is part of the Ravencaster Relaunch Project which is a fascinating tie. And we're hoping that Mr. Kelbane will actually agree to go down to Ducanella Beach with us if he has the time and uh, show us where he found the boat. And uh, we're also hoping to get over to the Ackle Experience, who had uh, our boat on display for uh, a number of months and has helped us out a great deal about connecting with the Ackle School and getting this project off the off the, up, up and going. Um. I'm envious. I just wish I could find the time to be. <laughs> Thomas, I'm going to have to wrap up, I'm afraid. Where can we direct people to get information should they wish to track you, follow you, get and find out what's going on? Well, Educational Passages actually has a Ravencaster page on our boat. It talks about all the, the journey and everything. So if you look up Educational Passages, you'll be able to do a search on our boat, Ravencaster. And Steph, I believe that Caster, as we like to say, is Caster with a K. Or yes. is that the podcast? It's the Raven <laughs> podcast with a K is what it is. Yes. That one, well. we're doing a lot of stuff over that way, just talking about it. And hopefully, I I personally think that we should probably do some stuff over there as well with the podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, with really bad hotel Wi-Fi, but that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, we also have, like, our Instagram and our Facebook, which are both under just Ravencaster, either Relaunch Project or just Ravencaster. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're on LinkedIn uh, under my name, Thomas Shepard. Um, and I post all kinds of stuff about uh, the Ravencaster. And we have a Twitter account at Ravencaster, which is uh, really uh, – I post a lot of stuff there as well, and I keep updates on the program. And one of the things we, Steph mentioned, um, we're going to be do, doing some video and audio. A video is going to be problematic, but – uh, definitely the audio recordings and hoping to, to talk to a few people over there and take lots of pictures, of course. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we will be updating our social media to keep everybody updated. Thomas, Stephanie, Caitlin, it's been a real pleasure meeting you. As I'm envious. I know I'm in Ireland around the same time. Just the paths aren't going to cross adequately. <laughs> and thanks a million for coming along. 
Thank you so much. For having us.